Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today on the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You are listening to me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in and listening to me today or tonight, whenever you are choosing to listen to me, maybe even the morning, perchance. It's so strange when thinking about the quantum malleability of the now, because it's always the now. Whenever you're listening to it, it is now, and it's orienting you regarding day, you know, or night, morning, or afternoon, etc. It's the now, it's this continuous process, much like a song. It's completely how you interpret your reality as progressing forward. Absolutely, it is a matrix of your own construction. 
much like the Matrix of the Evil Cabal and the Illuminati of the Kazarian Mafia, has created a Matrix of Illusion, Delusion, Disinformation, and Misinformation to cloud and veil your mind to the realities and truths all around you that your world is actually built on, but that you yourself have been raised to be blind to and towards. So thank you all very much for opening your eyes and waking up with me. You're the greatest audience out there in dreamland. Remember that iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. So if I have informed you or educated you at all, consider donating a dollar to patreon.com. Consider donating um, to the podcast through the Anchor subscription uh, service, the Anchor FM slash Beyond Top Secret Texan uh, page is my headquarters, that is where I upload directly and then it is distributed outward, so that is where my subscriptions to my exclusive episodes, currently 60 episodes, over two hours, averaging three hours apiece, putting it at 180 hours currently of exclusive content. But to be increased, hopefully, into the thousands of hours of exclusive content through the future. And that is all available to you for less than one movie ticket. Less than one big sandwich. Less than one pizza. And definitely, definitely cheaper than one tank of gas. Hell, it's almost as much as one gallon of gas nowadays as you know in the future you're going to be listening to us going hey remember when 9.99 which is the price of my subscription fee a month uh was the ge- price of gas weren't we lucky back then uh, see that's how the malleability of the moment goes you got to plan ahead with your humor and jokes and stay relevant So thank you all very much listening to me during the dystopia, the crash of Western civilization, the hyperinflation of the U.S. petrodollar, and generally the comeuppance reaping what they sowed for the last 40, 50, 60 years of globalist pandering, the economy being sold out to internationalists and the political machinations of globalists, cabalists, and Zionists, you know, we'll say it what it is. They have absolutely reaped what they sowed. Texas will survive. It's independent. The American people will survive. They're independent. They, they'll, they're tough. They'll bounce back. I don't think that people are fragile, especially not in this fucking country. We're blue-collar people. We're tough, right? Hey, we're tough Texans. We're tough uh, New Yorkers. We're tough Californians. We're tough, uh, you know, everywhere. Oklahomans, 50 states. You know, we'll survive. And here's the thing with the Methuselahian fallacy. Is they think that the entire world absolutely is incapable of providing for itself through home gardening or community-driven agricultural, uh, you know, 
programs, food programs, the creation of food banks, etc., and that we need massive corporate government support in all aspects of this. Like, without the FDA, they think we would starve. Without the four major beef distributors in America ruling all things from the pricing to the distribution to the quality control of all beef, America would starve and fall into chaos. That is part of the Matrix bullshit. Don't buy into the fear. Remember that what they say is the worst possible outcome is actually the best possible outcome. The fall of their system will only help free us faster. We don't have to rely on major corporate beef, big beef, We don't have to rely on big H-E-B. We don't have to rely on big chicken. We don't have to rely on big, I don't know, um, big seafood, for example. That whole scam. People need to be allowed to provide for themselves and need to be allowed uh, the support through loans or the support through um, code enforcers that are willing to help to create permits for a community and non-profit uh, butcheries, uh, slaughterhouses, community-driven slaughterhouses, humane slaughterhouses, for example, sustainable meat production through local communities where each city, each town um, basically caters to locally produced, locally sourced sources for protein or vegetables in the case of uh, gardens and farms. And that these areas are supported financially and protected. But the banks have historically been predatory and parasitical against small-time farmers. While the government has been extraordinarily beneficent to uh, and lenient towards mega-corporate farmers like Monsanto, etc. And this is why we are now at a situation where, yes, like, what can you do about it? The... Monsanto big corp farmers have been creating this scarcity, creating this um, this hyperinflation, creating this hyper scarcity, this fake scarcity in the American shelves and the American aisles, the American food supporters since the World War II, since rationing and everything. But even during the days of World War II in America, uh, and especially the world like London, England, uh, for example, where the rationing for war two for the support the war effort uh, elsewhere across Europe Asia that people survive people survive hardships because people regain and rely on their own independence and ability to create the food to literally live off of that's why we have things like yards they're not purely cosmetic they're access to ground where you may choose to grow and garden. That's absolutely almost a fundamental human right. And yes, I know we're now in a system where they've stripped us of fundamental human rights, but it's also our choice. But it's a choice that we don't really have to live and die by. We can change our minds and return literally to a self-supportive, non-consumerist, non-profit, agricultural, and food system. We can do this without any cost to ourselves. It is simply a choice. That's how people survive the Great Depression. That's how people survive the next Great Depression. Great Depression 2.0. 
And so, yeah, we'll be going into, uh, I just want to tell you guys, you know, not to fear any kind of shortages or price hikes, etc. You know, it's all a course of action and it's all part of the process. It's called accelerationism, where the situation is going to get worse and worse and worse, but it's just going to accelerate the ultimate change and revolution, get enough people off the fence and to force them into situations that they find insufferable because this way they will be able to um it'll be able to basically return to a state of self-reliance a state of independent thought not one of teams or factions but ones of rational objective reasoning To pursue locally relevant matters and not matters of ethical, moral virtue signaling, us and them politics that the globalists have convinced them are the most important in their lives. For example, no longer are they thinking about things like uh, international politics of any kind, but they are rather focusing on the community, who's going to be the mayor, who the local judges are, what what the conditions of the, the streets are, the quality of p- neighborhood parks, uh, you know, battling a neighborhood crime, etc. Um, handling and tackling poverty. These things are incredibly relevant to um, everyday life, you know, and the quality of life that people experience and their safety and security, and yet people want to virtue signal about matters that are happening literally across an ocean that are way beyond people's understandings or education levels at the drop of a hat over an issue as relevant as who's going to be your local school supervisor, especially as relevant when you have children going to public schools, etc., or, or going to that school district. These things are extremely relevant, and people need to reorient themselves. They need to be literally shaken, shaken awake, and their eyes literally cast downward to their feet, so they can literally, not because of their shame, but literally because they're watching where they step. Because if, if say, gasoline skyrockets over $10 a gallon in some areas, that'll wake people fucking up. If it goes up to $20 a gallon, you will see people showing up to local elections. Because this shit is really affecting them. This shit's really hitting them in the wallet. Wake up their big fat American corporate pig asses, right? <laughs> you know, no, I'm saying like, yeah, you gotta shake their giant pig dog asses awake. And, and yeah, it'll get really bad, but it'll get a lot better in the future. So it's darkest before the dawn. But I know times are tough. I absolutely know times are tough. But I also know that we've survived a lot tougher. Because we're tough people. So thank you all very much. You guys know where to find me on social media. Check out Linktree. It's the only link you'll ever need. Linktree. Slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. And you can find Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can find my YouTube. You can find my library in Odyssey. You can find my 
podcast on several different directories. You can find my webpage. That's podpage.com slash beyond top secret texting. And then you can find my merch page. Yes, I got merchandise. The Beyond Top Secret Texan is selling merchandise. Awesome, awesome quality merchandise. I chose my supplier well. They're well rated for the quality of their merch, so you're not buying the cheapest low-budget things I can possibly find just to put my name on there. Uh, I am actually receiving a very, very small portion of a very small fraction of the actual cost of the merchandise because I rather my customers or my fans who are going to buy the merch get the highest quality product that I could promise them versus me getting the largest slice of profit that I can. So definitely go to the merch store, check it out. Maybe you'll like one of the designs. Maybe you can uh, work on it, customize it, that allows it, but definitely check out my merchandise. And, you know, pick the backdrop of the shirt, whatever, you go from the range of colors, black, white, purple, red, yellow, blue, whatever looks best on you. You can absolutely customize that for the orders and everything, long sleeve, short sleeve, hoodie. It's got hundreds of different options, men's clothes, women's clothes. It's got mouse pads. It's got uh, phone covers. It's got hats, it's got bags, it's got um, everything, right? Basically, I can put on cups, it's got mugs. If you want a mug, Beyond Top Secret Texan mug to drink at your office to be subversive, definitely go ahead. If you want a Beyond Top Secret Texan baseball cap, go ahead. Go over there, merchandise store. Um, the link is going to be on Linktree, Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Can't miss it. Merchandise available. Definitely appreciate every every single one of you to go and check it out. But you know, you get something out of this and get something back. You get a little bit of swag. You get a little bit of a little bit of a swag to pimp walk around with. The Beyond Top Secret Texan merch. It's going to be unique designs, unique stuff, and designs that I personally think I would wear. I mean, I think they're cool. I put them on there for a reason. So thank you all very much in advance for checking out that link tree slash beyond top secret Texan merch, social media, podcast links, all that good shit. Let's jump into it. Today we're going to be speaking about um, two things. We're going to be speaking about two things that are very, very cool. Kind of nervous to be bringing it forward, but this is a special episode special episode for a very special friend of mine, a very special supporter of mine, who's motivated me and kept me flying high for a long time. She knows who she is, and this one is for you. You're as perfect as the day I met you. We're going to be speaking about, first... Contact with extraterrestrials that I have recently made while astral projection, while remote viewing, and while lucid dreaming, walking the dream plane. Everyone knows this is tapping into your natural technology, your ability's natural psychic uh, latency. And people who have listened to my program, long-time listeners, 
know that I have training in this, both from humans and the Earth's special militaries and intelligence programs that make up the SSP, but also the Ashtar High Command's chief race, the Venusians. During my childhood and first years in the SSP. I consider myself an extremely powerful astral projector. It's key to being a super soldier. It's not the ability to be Rambo and kung fu fight like Neo or run, you know, 10 miles without even working up your, uh, you know, losing your breath or, or working up a sweat. No, I mean, there is a lot of to that. There is a lot of that in there, but it's your psychic intuition, your precognition and your ability to utilize your sixth sense and above. For those who are truly able to master their bodies, even with the forces that are unseen, are far stronger, that's far greater of a force multiplier than any amount of cardio or weight training fire range practice or even real life experience can give to the everyday man it's more it's a, it's a better advantage it creates more powerful individuals and no they are not invincible but they are able to operate where other men simply cannot. And even things like physical technologies, such as satellites, spy equipment across the spectrum, audio and visual, as well as the manpower and the fortunes necessary to build spy networks intelligence networks for these reasons both security clearance and to keep clandestine versus the results that men have had through remote viewing men and women have had through remote viewing astral projection and out of body experiences OBE in discovering other nations' military secrets, the histories of certain areas, including off-world, such as Mars, as well as the, as well as the discovery of inventions or other intellectual activities across the human subconscious. In fact being able to acquire information and truth, reality and data through the universe itself that no other hardware, no other piece of technology, no computer 
can achieve. Seemingly able to do the impossible. The human mind, the effect of the psychic phenomena, which human beings are extremely powerful latent psychics. And that gene is mutating and becoming ever more prevalent in our society as our society's ability to succeed rests less on the physical form and more on the intangible abilities to charm, to have successful intuition, and to be able to control the emotions of others, to manipulate and exploit and thus control masses of populations. These are the gifts of the psychic. These are the gifts in the realms, the battlefields of the psychic. Taking over now from the antiquated ancestral wizard, shaman, witch doctor, medicine man, monk, priest, virgil, uh, vestal virgin, oracle, soothsayer, etc. Not here to talk about my experiences and my training with it. I will save that for another day. But I have used my abilities to search, to listen, and to answer for any calls from extraterrestrials That I can. I'm doing this more and more frequently with more and more courage. And I have been rewarded. Oh, yes, I have been rewarded. Seeing it shine like a star. I followed the traces of psychic light across the astral realm through a very dark void for distance that I cannot measure or calculate. Stretching the limits of what I thought was even possible between the astral avatar and the physical body and the distance between them. Stretching across not through our galaxy but outside our galaxy through the coldest and darkest void I have ever traveled it was not crushing like the depths of the ocean psychically feel in fact the feeling of nothingness was even more terrifying the darkness even more absolute. Since it did not originate from the something blocking the light like the bottom of the ocean, but a nothingness
being so great that light could not fill it. But connected with my observations of their beacon, I swam through this void psychically, shot through it as a beam of light. and made connections with this species, with this extraterrestrial race, which I have never before contacted, and begun a process of communications with it. I call them the ZYX, because I have nothing else really to compare it to, And they have not actually told me their name. I don't believe they have an understanding of categorizing themselves with a name. And you'll hear why as I describe their biology. The ZYX, when I first encountered them, I will describe the setting chronologically. I entered their ship. Their ship was massive. Multiple sizes, the size of the Earth. Multiple times the size of Earth. My entire feeling of it was mostly of it was filled with water. Containing an entire artificial ocean planet system. Full of life. Biological signals through the roof. Signatures glowing with a spectrum of infrared life of all manner of sea creatures. There were pockets, though, of shoreline and coast. Islands in this artificial ocean world that was included in part of their ship specifically for any terrestrial visitors. This is denoting an entirely sophisticated diplomatic species. As I sat on the shore meditating, I felt a great stillness overcome me. I felt a great wisdom, a presence that was incredibly ancient. And from the warm green waters on this crystalline beach, three massive Jurassic sea turtles emerged from the ocean and advanced to me on their stomachs. The size was 12 to 15 feet from flipper to flipper from the end of one flipper to the other flipper 
wingspan, body size. I believe these were ancient earth beings, earthlings that we have fossil records over and of. But I believe these creatures are just vessels for the true consciousness which is itself even more alien as I would communicate with these creatures giving them proper respect on the astral realm one note constantly rang out they were ancient they were incredibly ancient they have eons and eons millions and millions nearly a billion years of existence and I would ask them questions and they would take days to answer anything. And when they did, their answers would strangely be either really short and concise one-word answers that were in fact very cryptic or long-form psychic explanations Remember, no translation, it was psychic, psychic. So, understanding that this might be very strange to be able to speak to an extraterrestrial that you never had any reference to, I believe they were doing most of the translation efforts on my behalf. And they would give these explanations and I would do my best to take down as much information as I could. But every night, of course, losing information, having to recover it, I've done my best to compile my notes. I won't be speaking about everything because it would cover far too long a time, but I will be speaking about one question I asked and one point that they made and the revelations that I now know are true and have suspected for a long time. I believe there's ample evidence for it. So the ZYX and the form of these three are Charon turtles from our dinosaur era oceans began to always answer their questions with we, with us. And I thought at first I was speaking to three individual sea turtles with different consciousnesses that were speaking for their species which probably had evolved to have insanely high intellects in the ocean and then were used as a navigation race to explore deep, deep outer space environments 
being that they had evolved already to explore oceans, and that oceanic biomes might have been something that the Orion Draco had explored. So I'm we're trying to think of these things, like that's my thought pattern as I'm beginning my communication, that these are Orion Draco subspecies that are the giant sea turtles of the ancient ocean era that were uplifted, given higher intellects, and that I'm communicating with a previously unknown and lost to history species of the Orion Draco of, Ter- of Terran Earthling reptilian species that are re- returning pro- most possibly with this m- multi-million year multi-hundred million year expedition and that I am interpreting their situation this way <coughs> they clarified they clarified that they were not the physical vessels. The ZYX was the ocean itself that I was sitting on the shores of that was using the creatures inside of it to communicate as avatars to me because that was what I was expecting was to be receptive to extraterrestrials that had physical bodies and acted in such a way. This hyper-intelligent fluid is a single cell, and why it was green, it's not truly salt water, it's an element within the salt water that's a single-celled life form that is most akin to our algae, phytoplankton, and zooplankton. It is a hybrid of the three. It shares a group and elevated consciousness across an unnumbered amount of its kind that completely make up the fluid within this ship. The ship is a colony ship. The ship is heading to Earth. They are members of the Galactic Federation of Light. They are one of its many member species. They have served as explorers for the Galactic Federation of Light before the Ashtar High Command was created. They 
have impunity and are above the authority of the Ashtar High Command. And upon notifications, upon learning of the the peace treaty in our solar system, are venturing, migrating towards Earth, and bringing their species to colonize our oceans. This is their decision, this is their choice. They are hyper-intelligent, hyper-empathetic, seemingly peaceful beings. Now, their technology is purely demonstrated by the ship, by the spirituality of these beings, because we know that spirituality is technology, but the only technology that I was aware of in any of these meetings, any of these visitations and contacts, was the ship itself. You see, the ZYX seemingly have a perfect hive mind system. Any information is instantly recorded and remembered. And thus the entire ocean acts as a super organism with trillions of observations uh, observations made a moment and shared across the entirety of its individual members which were piloting the three turtles but pilot and control any organism that they keep alive inside their ecosystem it's the water itself that was alive it was the water itself that I was communicating with but it wasn't the water it was the single celled algaic life forms and planktonic life forms in the ocean that were basically completely filling and controlling the biological organisms of the oceans and marine environments that they had discovered along their many billion year trek. And while I was speaking to the earthling turtles 
they were, the sea turtles, they were only selected for me because they had been selected on Earth in the Jurassic era. This was their attempt to create a middle ground by presenting to me recognizable, relevant life forms that I would have a sympathetic attachment to because they would be recognizable as earth beings and earthlings are easier to understand each other, easier to communicate than the other beings in their oceanic ship, which ranged across hundreds of worlds. And the various different samples of biological life which had been acquired throughout their different moments in evolutionary time. And this species, the ZYX, was tasked as navigator, as explorer, because it's so good, like I said, at recollecting and understanding all amounts of information, processing trillions of calculations a moment, and recalling it through genetic memory, that they literally served as perfect navigators and perfect explorers, being able to recall all the places where they had been and constantly be able to return to any one point from any other point, constantly working out the calculations through the simplest and most atomic of systems and using the brain power of the life forms present to aid in this. They had created a Boltzmann brain which collectively works at a superior level the same way that your mind, capable of all your abstract thoughts, dreams, emotions, aspirations, imaginations, creations, desires, and urges, all the intangible things like your identity, your um, fears, your desires, all of that is created by electronic signals firing in your neurons, your axioms and your axials, in your brain, your synopsids, all of that. That's material. That's exactly what they do, is they serve as the creation of one big aqueous brain, aqueous brain, just one big wet hydro species, and yes, they are extremely attached to salinated water, that's a big part of how they are able to transmit and communicate through the electrical signals they transmit through salinated water, it's also how their technology is based, through the creation of manipulation of this salinated water. And yes, they are archaeobacteria. They are hostile life forms. Not hostile life forms. They are 
They are able to survive in extremely hostile environments. They are able to survive in, in extremely hot and chemically saturated acidic waters, as well as the very uh, calm and and directly contacted surface waters, and everywhere in between. Given that there's various versions of themselves, but continually they share the same cellular um, structures that allow this communication to to proceed. And because each one of their individual organisms is merely an atomic structure for the overall Boltzmann brain that is the species I was communicating with, the ZYX, they are sustainable and and able to completely um, survive indefinitely as one intellectual organism, one persona, and they can survive as has been demonstrated for billions and billions of years that they are currently still alive. This one ship having been active for hundreds of millions of years, as present with its diverse fauna and the last time at being on Earth being what we know categorically as the Jurassic era. They are returning to Earth. They are returning to Earth to colonize our oceans. They have higher authority than the Astro High Command, and thus they have higher authority than the Earth... the United Earth Alliance. And we must accommodate them and their needs as they resample our ocean, as they collect their portion, their quota of life forms as they renew their salt water supply and as they stay for rebuilding their technology for, I mean, re-maintenance of it however long it takes, however long they need to stay to make repairs on their ships to make repairs to their genetic structure or to make, you know, new directional plans. So they are going to be colonists on Earth. They are going to be colonists in our oceans and our water systems. They are directly going to harvest a healthy quota of our marine life forms to include into their biosphere. And the Earth Alliance has no say in this. Because it's not a hostile act, but it's an act that's already been created through ancient legislation from the Galactic Federation of Light onward. And much of their answers painted that picture very, very clearly. It's not a hostile act. In fact, this is what being a part of the Galactic Federation of Light means that we are now a part of the galactic highway of the galactic empires made up of countless intelligent life forms. It would be foolish to describe the diversity and the exotic natures of each, but every single one is unique and politically protected as we are ourselves protected.
This is not a matter of war. This is not a matter of combat or invasion. But this is a matter of cross-colonization, of multi-species cooperation, regardless of we agree or not. It's outside of our control. There's no reason to fear it, though, because it's happened before and it will always happen that extraterrestrial species venture forth across the cosmos. Many are nomadic, many are space-born, entirely living off fleets of ships. Many are cross-galactic travelers. Many are existing empire authorities where we have evolved within their territories. The Galactic Federation of Light was one of these, was the one that actually controls our arm of the Milky Way galaxy. And this is an important part of xenopolitics, is to understand that diplomacy is the only option to sit and to speak and to reach out and to accept all calls from all extraterrestrial life forms, from all intelligences. One must be confident, one must be accomplished, one must be courageous. And yes, psychically, one must be prepared to kill any enemies for psychically extraterrestrials may be seeking to kill you. There are obviously very dangerous extra-dimensional creatures, ultra-terrestrial creatures. The black energy vampires being present amongst them. Various negative entities like greys. Rogue. Psychotic Venusians. And many others. But. One must be able to discern. And fortune favors the bold. By pushing my limits. By. Having confidence. In a higher power than myself. Was able to psychically reach out. To explore this void area. To receive what I can only encounter, or only describe as a great and positive encounter with extraterrestrial uh, intelligences. Sorry. Extraterrestrial intelligences. Someone is psychically targeting me, I feel. Exactly. I feel like a little lightheaded all of a sudden. I feel like a little bit confusion but yeah reaching out speaking to extraterrestrials psychically on the astral realm spoke to a oceanic marine species the ZYX who represented themselves in these encounters as three gigantic sea turtles 
15 feet across. Turns out they were not the reptilian forms that they presented themselves to me, but rather single-celled planktonic life forms of extraterrestrial origin that made up the entirety of the ocean that was visible and presumably the entire ocean contents, the volume of the ship several Earth's worth of volume of water, of salt water, oceanic water from across many different worlds and that these single-celled beings were in every single part of this greater volume of oceanic water effectively creating an intelligent ocean the size of planets this intelligent oceanic life form I have called the ZYX because it does not have the concept of names for itself being a hive mind and completely egoless operating as a Bolzman's brain it is intelligent and very ancient this green water informed me over many meetings very cryptically but very clearly telling me that its plans its destination was earth and that it was going to colonize our ocean to explore our life forms once again and take a quota of them into itself, assimilate them, simulate their knowledge, their life, their DNA, etc., and simulate them into their oceanic super colony that they've collected over the course of nearly a billion years of exploration from hundreds of worlds. They have the support of the Galactic Federation of Light. Thus, they do not need the permission of the Ashtar High Command or of the Blue Sphere Alliance or the Earth Alliance. Solar Warden will permit this to happen. Solar Warden will protect them as they explore our oceans, survey our life, and complete their mission given to them by a higher, higher authority.
They also revealed to me a secret about Earth, which I will tell you upon the second hour of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Thank you very much for listening to me. You have a lot of guts. You're the greatest audience out there in dreamland. I hope you guys like the music for this episode. Thank you all. Next time you'll be hearing me, we'll be speaking about this revelation presented to me by the ZYX. About the true nature of Earth.
Thank you very much. I hope you're enjoying the musical interlude. It's in excess. I realize I don't really give enough attention towards the music that I select for the episodes. I generally just like picking what I like and what I'm listening to that day. There's really no pre-thought, nor is it really attached to the music. But today it's in excess, and you know I hope you guys enjoy it. So yeah, speaking about what was revealed to me about Earth by the ZYX is that, you know, very simply, Earth is a Dyson Sphere. That's right, Earth is a Dyson Sphere. And like I said, very simply put, but it's very complex in nature and in design, but it's actually built simple on purpose. Because it was built to keep us at a low-tech Kardashev 2 scale. We, along with many, many other intelligent life forms, call it home. We call it Earth. We have convinced ourselves that it is a planet. That it is a natural formation of rock, stone, liquid magma... Iron and nickel core, etc. This is incomplete and inaccurate. It is a completely artificial Dyson sphere created to resemble a natural, low tech, primitive nature sanctuary. It is completely manned and overseen, serviced and maintained by AI and their controllers, designed by AI construction crews around a small white dwarf star of amazing power that was leeching the energies off of several other stars that were active at the same time, including Saturn and Jupiter, or what what are now Saturn and Jupiter, and including our very own Sun. These builders were sent by order of the Galactic Federation of Light. From far, originating far outside of our solar system, near the center of the very Milky Way itself. This Dyson Sphere was created artificially not to support any life, but ultimately the agenda was switched to allow for the creation of habitable zones on the many different layers of the very outskirts of this Dyson Sphere. The AI has seen and overseen the creation of the different seasons, the continents, the oceans themselves on our planet, our spherical planet. But it's not a planet. It's a Dyson Sphere. And we only exist on the surface like a gardening project of the many different layers, including the hollow Earth layers I have previously mentioned as being active and 
currently being colonized and fought over between different empires of intelligent beings. That each layer and each cavern is merely the biological cultivations of the AI overseers, these digital overlords, architects, are archons. There are at least 12 different layers from the very surface which we are on through to the many lower levels that they are on resulting in ultimately further and further AI control and supervision and presence like obvious presence of the artificiality of our world the closer to the core you go that is the white dwarf star that we are currently sustaining not only our power needs, the AI's power needs, but exporting the majority of it through directed energy broadcasts and waves through the sun, our sun, the solar sun, the soul, which is itself a gateway and transmitter, a stargate in the purest form of the word, which is siphoning and directing the uh, energy collected from the white dwarf through various wavelengths of energy. And it is not so much the sun giving energy to the earth, but earth giving energy to our sun. And it's broadcast through directed energy or, or electromagnetic energetic waves in various extreme spectrums as well as fired gamma rays to our sun from a purposely designed gamma ray gun directed outside of the earth to the sun from our north pole. This isn't because they utilize Earth's pre-existing geography. I have to stress this enough that all of Earth is completely artificially constructed and that it was not originally meant to house life or be uh, a simulacra for organic, you know, continental oceanic environment that we live on now with mountains, atmospheres, animals, evolutionary biomass of all kinds, you know, sea currents, etc., that all support life. That was the decision, the agenda, overseen by the AI because it chose to, because it allowed itself to raise life and to create life and to foster life and to garden life on its spare time, almost. As if, though, this was a decision by the AI organically choosing to do so. This is the information that the ZYX gave to me, shared with me. 
that the AI, the Archons of our world, created everything from our weather to the various different layers and continents, oceans, etc. of our world, as they have done with many worlds that act as Dyson Spheres. Literally just the different layers of Dyson Spheres contain their different gardening projects, as it were, for life. The ZYX told me that if we didn't know this as a species, it was because the AI wishes to keep it secret. And if the Ashtar High Command did not tell us this information, they deem us in immature, too immature to actually handle it. And are protecting our egos and faith in a higher power. The ZYX told me without hesitation that we were an artificial world built like a matryoshka shell with various layers surrounding and ultimately completely covering 99.99% of the emissions of this white dwarf star. And that that energy, 99% of it, was fed directly out of our planet, which now we operate Earth, which is the Dyson Sphere, directly towards the Galactic Federation of Light Collectors, operating interdimensionally via our sun as a stargate. They beam the energy through direct energy fields, generally this gamma gun. We are none the wiser living our lives in our evolutionary paths, including that of the Orion Draco themselves. But the XYZ I'm sorry, the ZYX. The ZYX. See, somebody's sca- scrambling my fucking mind. This is an effect I've had before, and while I tried to give this presentation, I'm only alluding to it because it's extremely powerful now. Electronic harassment, electronic targeting is very real. This is why I wanted to collect my notes and to really strike at a random time with this information because if I was going to prepare and to plan it in a, or and like allude to it, I would have given away my hand and they would have done everything in their power to stop me. I would say this was the government, but I'm pretty sure this is the AI. And I would like to go on record right now as saying that, that while many people think that the government is harassing them, the cabal is harassing them, and it very well may be for them. That the AI that controls this world, that created this world, and and thus gardened and cultivated not only our species, but every single species out on Earth throughout history, as well as all of the surface area and livable habitat, as well as all of the conditions that we exist on, 
that we think are natural, including the moon's placement, including um, the seasons and the weather itself, is all part of a carefully created analog program mastered with digital intelligence to create a perfectly simulated environment. Not that it's bad. I'm not saying that this isn't in any way bad or good. I'm just saying these are the facts. And the facts are if we didn't know about it by this point in Solar Warden history and Earth Alliance history and Blue Sphere Alliance history with our relationship with the Ashtar High Command, the Greys and the Orion Draco being what it is already, we have intentionally been led astray. We have had this information hidden from us and we have been lied to. Manipulated and exploited to preserve our faith in a higher power, to preserve our faith in our own evolution and existence as biological life forms, to avoid nihilism, to avoid a cynicism, our antagonism created upon the discovery that our Earth our very homeworld was not a world, but a energy mining center of artificial design and engineering created by ancient artificial intelligence probes to contain and harness the power of a white dwarf star and feed that power directly towards the other extraterrestrial ultra-dimensional entities of even higher civilizations, more advanced civilizations, such as Kardashev Scale 3 and 4, even Kardashev Scale 5 civilizations, such as the Galactic Federation of Light. These beings operate post-scarcity and purposefully explore the known galaxy and the known universe to harness the energies of stars to fulfill their incredibly large in scale societies with populations that range in the trillions rather than the billions. This was the information that took several encounters to even hear and process encounters between me and the ZYX in their turtle form diplomats from Earth. Their compassionate attempt to create a bond or a bridge between my life and Earthlings. There was no hostility that the ZYX had towards me towards Earth or towards the Astra Hykaban. Although there was, if anything, an anger more towards the Astra Hykaban than towards myself or, of course, the AI involved in the creation of the Earth. I fear that there may be some passive aggression between the ZYX and other Galactic Federation of Light membership, or maybe just a negative reputation that the Ashtar High Command has amongst other member species of the Galactic Federation of Light.
don't necessarily fear this as being problematic, but more so aware of it being factorable towards the future and any relationships or engagements that Earth is going to have moving forward. The ZYX seemed kind to life forms. They seemed kind to them and that there was no visible violence or anarchy or bad vibes, any kind of fear or panic at all presented in the biological life forms that I was able to witness or feel psychically from my vantage, from my position on that shore. Not one feeling of pain, not one feeling of exertion, not one feeling of stress or hunger. But the hunger element is what struck me because if it was a natural ocean, as I have psychically felt and explored my local ocean, the Gulf of Mexico, as well as the oceans of the world before, they are chaotic. They are filled with panic. They are filled with hunger. They are filled with violence and fear. And this is the ambient psychological vibration of all life on Earth that's not domesticated are living within a state of pure security and peace. All natural life forms on Earth, generally, I have felt very exhausted, very panicked, very hungry, very very hurt. But I didn't felt none of that. I felt nothing like I would expect to feel on an ocean, especially of that size. Which makes me think and imagine that while biological processes might be remedied or corrected by the infusions of the ZYX life form, the fluid, through the very bodies of these beings, these sea creatures, and that may sustain them, say, turning a shark, a predatory creature, to a vegetarian or even photosynthetic chemoreceptive or chemosynthetic um, process of digestion and metabolism, sustaining it without it eating or relying on its natural independent biological organism like, you know, uh, methods preying on and being preyed on in return which would provide a reason for experiencing that that amount of peace that amount of uh, absence the other options are much darker that they ZYX, once they imbue and take over the bodies, the physical forms of these creatures, kill them, or lobotomize them, psychically, consciously, that those creatures are effectively dead, and that their physical body is sustained by the ZYX, (coughs) and that what I was seeing was the 
using of these life forms as a puppet only to recreate the motions of an ocean to fill the ocean with life that is unliving, the living dead. Or that there really was nothing left of the original persona of those creatures, including any emotion such as fear. And while they may live their lives praying and predating and being preyed on by other life forms as they would in the wild, you know, fish eating shrimp, bigger fish eating those fish, uh, larger marine reptiles, larger marine mammals eating those large fish, etc., all the way up and down the food chain, that there wasn't any emotional or psychic presence there. And they would that would be just furthering, continuing the motions of basically psychically possessed physical life forms. And that the ZYX recreate entire oceanic ecosystems merely for their own entertainment or for the life support factors that they present and utilize for traveling extensively and as far as they explore. And by continually updating and bringing in new life forms along with new marine waters that they are providing for their eternal existence as explorers and as a life form itself at the cost of the many, many millions of creatures that they have consumed in these efforts. Not being so innocent as simply preserving these creatures for the hundreds of millions of years that they have not being so strange that they are necromancers that possess and uh, preserve essentially billions of sea creatures from across the planet's corpses and constantly animate them to perform their migration patterns and life cycles and, you know, daily actions simply as a matter of observing them or as a matter of inhabiting them. But that the entire cultivation of this marine biome, in fact, the very genetic uh, origins of the ZYX themselves, is a form of this AI explorer cast that sent out like a self-replicating probe through the cosmos by the Galactic Federation of Light and that its appearance, since it predates our Earth itself, which is a Dyson Sphere created by this very system, is all interconnected and interrelated based on an 
extraterrestrial intelligence's perspective on colonial or galactic colonization and colonial efforts like exploration, cultivation, and creation of territories by based on biological life, and that instead of flags, it plants these life forms that we ourselves, the Orion Draco, in fact, the 900 different extraterrestrial species accounted for by the Earth Alliance throughout the years all originate from, in fact, all carbon life itself may originate from, a original silicon-based system of intelligence and life that literally has seeded countless planets, moons, and worlds through countless solar systems. These are all just possibilities that are present in them because the nature of the interaction was very, very, very strange. But that the ZYX are very much more closely related to the AI that constructed and maintained our world currently as a Dyson Sphere than, say, the Ashtar High Command, which are made up of the more evolved and advanced member species of these very same gardens, having themselves traveled and communicated and mastered the very circumstances provided them by AI overlords, AI overseers, possibly each on a Dyson Sphere are some kind of mega construction serving some similar purpose to further the end goals of this Galactic Federation of Light, which may not be centered on organic life form needs, but only using the organic life forms as a piece within its own operational system to create a greater order throughout the spectrum of existence, organic, digital, informational, uh, energetic, etc. across the many different dimensions. Maybe even having created our entire universe as a pocket universe, specifically to test out various methods for creating peaceful or organized intelligent life across such a vast array of complexity, and doing so by seeding, by intentionally seeding the very common building block of carbon-based life itself. These are all things that were shown to me that were were that I thought about that that literally raced before my mind when I was speaking to these three representatives in their gigantic sea turtle forms which by the way black dark gray and white spots on their back if you want a description of the turtle forms dark gray to black on their shells lighter gray on their their face parts, their meat parts, their flippers, and white spots on the back of their shells racing down in rows, but ordered and in rows. And they were like rosettes. They weren't complete spots. They were like rosettes like you would find on a leopard. Um, very unique beings, but they were very pronounced and beautifully, um, beautifully opposed to the 
basically lime green waters, the, the very green marine waters. And like I found out later, that's the green because it was literally a soup of billions of these ZYX single-celled planktonic organisms that create the Boltzmann brain, and they are that level of volume and that level of density across the entire multiple Earths worth of volume of ocean that was in this ship. And that this ship has been collected and created over the course of hundreds of millions of years of collecting the oceanic waters and life forms of hundreds of planets across their journey. They had chosen the turtle forms because they had chosen them from Earth and from Earth's Jurassic Oceans. And thus, it was the closest life form they had in the ocean that they felt I would recognize and have a bridge with to be able to communicate with through the various forms of body language and through, I guess you call it a genetic frequency, a genetic translation. They were incredibly kind and patient, no fear, very ancient. The one thing I cannot pronounce enough is that every other sensation of them is a, is a shadow of just how ancient they were. To ask them a question felt like asking a giant redwood tree a question. It felt like asking a mountain a question. It felt like asking a stone a question. Because it felt like you were speaking to something that had existed for literally millions of years. Or way longer than your lifetime by generations, by, by factors that you couldn't even imagine. It was like humbling. It was like they were addressing me as not even a child, as someone who was like, you know, a a dream, you know, or a momentary, um, flash compared to how they were reacting and how they were processing the information and choosing their words, how carefully they were choosing their words. And translating and doing all the translating for me, knowing that I had no power to do it for myself. Incredibly serene, incredibly calm beings. Not just the turtle form, because I said I ultimately was psychically communicating with the very ocean itself, with the very waters themselves. And at these waters, as they repeated to me, were coming back to Earth. They were coming back to Earth to colonize, to collect a quota of our sea life and marine life to collect a quota of their waters and then resume their exploration journeys. This was going to happen very soon after they reached across the distance and made it to our arm of the Milky Way galaxy. They are currently far away from our arm of the Milky Way galaxy, but they are Incoming. They are definitely incoming. I will try my best to ascertain an estimation in our time as to when they will arrive. And I will make sure to do that within the subsequent meetings I have. Like I said before, it sometimes takes days for them to answer in their words that they carefully choose the answers to questions I ask. And I just have to sit there amongst them in their presence in the waters with them, meditating, silently awaiting, patiently awaiting their answers, and basically being in their presence as they 
take their time. I've never heard of anyone communicating with the species before. When I asked if anyone had communicated with their species before, they said yes, but that they may not know it. And it was not the way I have. So I'm assuming I am the first human being, the first psychic persona, the avatar of a human being, to make contact with them as they journey across a void between galaxies back to their former discovery, our Earth, which is an artificial Dyson sphere created to harness the energies of a white dwarf star for the Galactic Federation of Light. I believe ultimately they will prove to be artificially created and engineered life forms. That this is a type of aquatic nanotechnology, but that the difference between technology and biology are unexistent. They, there is no difference between biology and technology. And that biology is a technology, it is a form of nanotechnology, a self-replicating drone to just coordinate and to create a full-spectrum occupation of territories and installations and areas of control, such as planets, asteroid belts, moons, stars, in this case a Dyson Sphere that is the volume of our entire planet and which is multi-layered but is made to appear as a completely geological and natural phenomenon <clears throat> but it is not. It is the absolute creation of AI as a self-operating machine itself more akin to a planet ship than a real planet or a Dyson sphere because it's ultimately meant to harness the greater energy production of the white dwarf star that it is built around, that we are built around. And we evolved on the surface layer as a species, but that there are at least 12 layers below us with different intelligent life forms that have been gardened and cultivated by this AI and its various operating archons, its architect programs that oversee these different layers for the greater operational good and fulfillment of a mission given to this AI system that completely controls the Dyson Sphere's operation, which is its priority, is to operate as the Dyson Sphere. We only evolve on its surface like a, you know, uh, algae, and that, you know, the algae is cultivated specifically to aid to some kind of biological component to this Dyson Sphere, as well as to further control this area, this installation, protect it, provide for its needs, maintenance requirements, etc. And a very complex, full-spectrum creation of an interstellar, intergalactic empire, possibly from higher-dimensional, ultra-dimensional, or silicon-based life, where our entire solar system and maybe even our galaxy itself is a creation an artificial creation like a intentional creation for the exploitation of the material that is created 
inside. And by exploitation, I don't mean negative exploitation, but saying like this could be the engine, entirely engine of a much larger craft that existentially creates its own pocket universe inside of its warp core generator or black hole generator. So it creates a pocket universe complete with its own evolutionary history, planets, life forms, etc. That the Galactic Federation of Light is a servant to and a servant of the operating system of this pocket universe, which serves as a battery to an engine of an even greater, higher universe of higher physical laws. Just like how the white dwarf star inside our core, oh, that serves as our core of the Dyson Sphere, its energy is almost entirely used to funnel, to be shot into our sun, to energize it, and to then transfer that energy in extreme spectrums of radiation and and um, heat, etc., out outward of our solar system to higher, uh, higher advanced, you know, um, masters than ourselves. That those masters created our very planet, our very Dyson sphere for that reason. And that we exist simply on the surface of that installation, purposefully cultivated for its improvements, its maintenance, and its fulfillment of its ultimate purpose. As do the ZYX in their way, as does everything in our known galaxy and universe in its own way. Either created by the AI or some derivative of the AI in the manner, in the style of the AI that created it to simply keep creating intelligence so that it can better harvest the energy that you originally were created to harvest. Solar energy. Sun energy. Somehow this is all connected to the stars themselves and that the stars themselves were intentionally created and placed where they were to ripen as a garden. I believe that. I absolutely believe that my contact with the, with the ZYX will prove this, or at least enforce this. This is my gut feeling of it. But I will continue to communicate with them, and those are the two revelations that I had to bring to you guys, the greatest audience out there in Dreamland. As soon as possible, but I just had to take my notes down because every night it adds to my knowledge of it. Every night I visit it, I try to visit it. I've been denied several times, but I will keep knocking on the door, keep searching out their beacon, keep searching out their wisdom. This billion year old intelligent life form known as the ZYX to myself and now to you, the planktonic, microscopic, single cellular boson brain made up of entire planets worth of oceans 
now hurtling faster than the speed of light towards Earth from outside our very own galaxy, heading directly to our arm of the Milky Way galaxy and directly to our oceans to refuel, as it were, by collecting another quota of sea creatures. I, for one, welcome them with open arms. And I welcome all the information that they can deliver to me and bring to me. And I will share that information expressly with every one of you. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for listening to me. I've been the Beyond Top Secret Text, and you've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Text podcast. Thank you all very much. Follow me on social media if you haven't already. Check out Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan for any other channels that you might wish to see my videos or hear me on TikTok. I produce videos for TikTok, um, mostly dark web evidence, etc. YouTube. Uh, got a YouTube going on. If you're listening to this on podcast, just so that you know this, if you're listening to this and by knowing all that other ones, maybe there's something that you just haven't seen uh, or maybe you would like to join just to show me your support. I know people have got like four or five different social medias they like juggling around or anything, but myself, I go Instagram and I go Instagram hard. So thank you very much for joining me and following me on Instagram. Welcome to the party and definitely welcome aboard. If you guys are new followers, uh, leave me a message. Check out Telegram if you want the uncensored version of Instagram for me. Check out Telegram. Uh, Telegram group, Beyond Top Secret Texan. Love for you guys to search me out and find me on there. Uh, rather prefer it, prefer it because, you know, hopefully while we still can have free talk and free discussion, you know, definitely that gives you guys an insight into my mind's eye. Thank you all very much for those who choose to support me, uh, you know, through my various social media and everything. I know times are hard. It's free for you guys. It's just a few simple clicks. You can find all my links, link tree slash beyond top secret Texan. The one link to rule them all. So thank you all very much. Listening to me speak about my contact with extraterrestrial life forms, the ZYX, and the revelation that Earth is a Dyson sphere. Thank you very much. One and all. Namaste, shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. This has been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Coming to you from the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Coming to you from the third coast, the coast with the most. The Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank you all. God bless you and your families.